learn from the mistakes that others often make. Listen to marketing pains and don't go insane. Adam, you and I went to college together. It's been a while since we've met. So why don't you give me an update on what your bio is? What's been going on in the world? What do you do in the storytelling industry? Yeah, so I am a full-time filmmaker with a church down here in Charleston, South Carolina. And they keep me pretty busy telling stories. Uh, we've actually expanded into trying to focus more on just telling stories. Um, there's other ministry videos that need to be made, but we want to tell more stories. So that's been the biggest focus. But on the side, do a lot of freelance work. But also recently... Uh, started a organization called Smartphone Storytellers. And the aim there is to equip people to be able to tell stories using their smartphone. Because I, I like to say, like, with when it, when it comes to doing projects around the house, there's a lot of things I can tackle. I can put some flooring in. I can do some basic remodeling. But when it comes to putting in a new shower, I'm going to call an expert for that. But there are those projects that I can do around the house, and I want to be able to give people the knowledge for them to do those projects around the house in their organization um, so that they can... Uh, they can bring in big guns for the bigger projects that they're going to have and tell more stories. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of pa the pattern I've been telling a lot of my clients is, hey, you know, there's stuff that you want to have professionally told. You want a really nice looking video. But then there's all kinds of little things that happen throughout the day that people really love. They love the authenticity of what are you doing. And that's something that comes straight for you and your cell phone is connecting with audiences on a larger format than sometimes the big professional videos. So, yeah, for sure. What do you think when someone says storytelling, I have all kinds of mental notes that pop up in my head. I had a kind of like a grandpa figure in my life that was a, one of the most amazing storytellers I can remember. All the kids would gather around and sit in his lap and he would spin these crazy yarns. Um, so when I think of storytelling, it's one of the first thing that pops in my mind. Kind of give us a breakdown of maybe the first thing that pops in your mind and what are the essential elements of a good story? Yes, any good story, it's you've got to have that initial point. Like, why are we telling the story in the first place? What was the point that um, everyone, everything started from? Where, what was the problem you were facing? What was the struggle you were trying to overcome? You think back to those terrible commercials, like for a new organization system for your kitchen. They always started off with the most, you know, over the top opening of cabinets. Everything's falling down on them. You're presenting the problem. You're presenting what was the initiating reason for this story to even happen. Uh, and then you move from there. What was the journey? What promoted that change? What promoted the, the story that we're telling? What pushed it into motion? And what were the steps that were taken to get from A to B? Um, but then you got to have that conclusion. And not every story ends on a positive note. That would be more of a tragedy, but that doesn't mean you can't learn from that. Ultimately, what is the conclusion of that story? Was it you overcame the problem and you've told the tale of how you got to that point and here's where we are now? Um, or if it is a story of a tragedy, and where something went wrong, how do you show, you know what, things didn't end the way we wanted them to, but we learned this along the way and we were able to pick this up and sometimes it's, and now we're going to try it again. We're going to, we're going to go back at it. And maybe this time the story will end a little bit differently, but you've got to have that initial point where like, why are we on the tail in the first place? And then you talk about the steps that you took, the journey you took to get to whatever your conclusion is, whether it's a good one or a not so good one. So basically it's the problem the journey and then kind of conclusion. Is that how you summarize it then? Is that the basic principles? Yeah, a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I'll frame it as like, where were you and where are you now? Or, and and then where are you going? Sometimes the where are you going is if you're talking to someone in the middle of their journey. Uh, or sometimes the like, where were you is the problem. The where are you now is the journey up to the conclusion. And then the where are you going is kind of dreaming about the future. Like what, now that you've gotten to this point, like, are, I'm assuming you're not just going to stop. Like, what's next? What, what do you dream for your next piece, which starts a new journey? 
Nice. So let's relate it to practical life. Um, someone has a business, they have a nonprofit, they need to tell a story. Let's start with kind of the tools first. Maybe you're obviously smartphone storytellers. I'm assuming you're talking about how to film something with a cell phone. So talk to me about some of those processes. How important is it to have the nicest cell phone? Uh, talk to me about some of those kind of common issues people run into when it comes to storytelling. Yeah. So the biggest thing when telling a story with a smartphone is knowing your limitations. And that really applies to any camera. You can have the nicest camera on earth, but if you don't know the limitations and how to work around them, you're not, your project's still not going to turn out great. So it all starts with knowing your camera and knowing what are the limitations I'm working with. With a lot of people, it's with a smartphone. You've got a single lens, maybe three lenses, but ultimately the zoom isn't amazing on a smartphone. And you can't throw on a 7200 lens that's going to give you that, that massive zoom that you might on a higher end camera. So you got to know, okay, how am I going to get those tighter shots to tell that story? Because you don't want to tell everything through a wide shot. You want to make sure you're getting a good variety and getting those detail shots as well as those wider establishing shots. Um, so once you know the limitations of your device, you figure out, okay, what things can I work around for on the cheap? Or is there other gear that I need to pick up that's going to complement that? Um, and then you go from there. So like the biggest limitations I run into with smartphones is outside of the lens is lighting and audio, which is something you're going to deal with no matter what camera you're using. This calls on a mid-level camera. But if I were not to have the lighting I've got set up in here, which is a very basic setup, but even if I didn't have the lighting set up in here, this shot wouldn't look great. It would look terrible. Uh, so I have to know, like, in order for this camera to perform, I'm going to need to throw up some light and then just knowing how to frame that light. And that's not always an expensive thing. Like I rigged up something last night that's like 25, 30 bucks of lighting. And it's two very basic elements that once you know how to put them together and use them, it looked great. It didn't look as good as the high-end cameras or the high-end lighting setups, but it looked great. And it helped to overcome the limitations of if I just picked my smartphone up and started recording in a darker room. Yeah. So what are some maybe basic, uh, someone's just starting out in the storytelling journey. What are some of the basic flaws they make? Have the window facing towards you? Maybe some quick tips as far as someone can use today if they're trying to tell a good story and all they have is their cell phone. Yeah. So Biggest tool we've got is natural lighting. God made a phenomenal light source called the sun, and uh, there are some downsides to it. It moves, it's really strong, and it doesn't always make the most appealing light, but um, it is something that you can utilize as long as you know the right ways to do it. So hey, let's say I was filming in this room. Where I'm sitting right now, there's a window behind me with the window shades down. Um, if I didn't have this light, I wouldn't have put the window shade down, and I wouldn't be doing the shot because the background would be all blown out. It would just be way too bright. Instead, I would figure out how can I utilize that light to replace this light that I'm using there. And I would probably turn this shot around. Um, keep, I usually like to keep the light at about a 45 degree angle to whatever I'm filming. So this light right here is 45 degrees from me. And uh, so I position myself with the window 45 degrees from me. And uh, it would hopefully give a nice light. It might be something where I have to cut down a little bit of that light because it's too strong because the sun's pretty bright light. And so it might be, you know what, maybe let's close the blinds halfway so that it's cutting it down and it's not as bright as it, um, as it could be. Uh, or if you're filming outside and it's full sun, a full sun gives harsh shadows and they're not the most appealing. Sure, you're, everything's all lit up, but in the end, lighting's more about manipulation of the light than it is about illumination. You don't, you're, you don't go into it with just trying to figure out how do I make this as bright as possible? It's how do I use the light to make it look, look good? 
So if you're outside on a bright sunny day, maybe it's, you know what, let's find a roof overhang or let's find a tree where there's not a lot of dappled light, but it's shading that light and creating a nice shade. So you still got some of that light hitting the ground and bouncing up on you, but it's not that harsh sun that's going to just give you like pockets of eyes. We're timing it at the right times of the day. You've got golden hour, which is beginning into the end of the day. You've got beautiful light then um, that it's almost hard to not make a shot look good then. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I was distracted because talking about cameras, my camera quit working on me. So I'm using this stinking camera. I'm not sure what's going on. Didn't like the software today. But there's so there's a lot of problems that always pop up when you start using technology. Can you give them a basis of, hey, here's a good phone or here's a good I know you just did a really great review on microphones because that's one of the most important things like you mentioned is how do you get better audio when you are filming a video? So talk through maybe some of the basic setups that need to create a simple video on their phone. I haven't worked with uh, Android phones in a while, so I couldn't give you a specific model for them. But when it comes to speaking about iPhones, and I would say anything other than the most budget line of Android phones, uh, you're not going to be able to go wrong. Like They have been, the cameras on smartphones have been phenomenal for the past five years. Uh, like this has been a dream of mine to, to train people how to do this. And when I initially dreamed this up, I was trying it out with a iPod touch. Camera was terrible then. I mean, that was kind of the biggest thing is holding back. For the past four or five years, smartphone cameras have been phenomenal that you can't go wrong. Like I said, unless you're getting like the $30 Android smartphone from Walmart. And even then, I haven't tried it. Maybe maybe that'll be a challenge I have to try. But yeah. even then, you probably can make those look decent. And so once you have your phone, it's just figuring out like, what are the deficiencies of it? And how do I make up for it? Because uh, it might be that those cheaper phones, they don't work as well in low light uh, as an iPhone 14 Pro or the soon to release iPhone 15 Pro and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. So it's just knowing, okay, I'm not going to be able to film in the dark in this with this, but if I go out at noon on a day and I find some nice shade, I can make this look great. This episode is brought to you by Suited, your marketing pain relief. Love our show? Get our turnkey dream podcast service and we'll handle editing, publishing, and finding your guests. Just hit record and we'll do the rest. Visit looksuited.com for details. Nice. Yeah, okay. So what about audio systems? Any kind of, I know you just did a big audio test and we'll link to that below with your YouTube video, but what was your conclusion? Did you find a system that works well with phones? Yeah, when it comes to audio, um, at least the, I tested out five different tools and I didn't like in this in the video, but I, one of the comments I left with someone, it's all going to Best Buy and trying to buy a TV. When you're comparing them side by side, yeah, that $20,000 OLED TV that they've got like featured front and center, yeah, that's going to look the best. It's going to be amazing, pristine, like hands down the one everyone wants. But when you buy that, that, you know, cheaper TV that a Walmart's got on the wall or Best Buy's got on the wall and you bring it home, it's going to look great in your living room. And when it's not next to those other things. And that was the thing I found with all five of the mics I tried. They all sounded great. It was really about what features you needed. So if you're literally just looking at the bare bones, cheap, or I don't want to say cheap because they were great. They're great made, but affordable um, audio. Hollyland makes some mics called the Hollyland Lark M1. Um, and I picked up my first one when I, just on a whim, it was on sale for 60 bucks and it came with a transmitter and a single microphone. And honestly, I use that for the majority of my stuff. My wife has been filming our, some stuff at the church, some speakers, 
And every week she'll just clip it onto there. And uh, she has no formal training and other than the little bit I gave her out of her rundown. But she clips that on. She frames out her phone, hits record. And every week it sounds like when you watch that video, you're like, okay, audio is clean. I, it's pristine. I can understand them. Um, is it going to win an award? No. But it's, you get the content and it communicates it well. And I picked those up, I think, for 60, 70 bucks for the first one. But if you want some more of the bells and whistles, uh, you've got the higher end ones like the, the DJI mic or the, um, that's what it's called, DJI mic. I was thinking yeah, I should have a those are great. I just used those last week. And you can live stream with those too, by the way. I just found that out the other day, which is pretty cool. Yep. Oh, pre yeah, you just plug it right into the computer um, and you're good to go. And then, uh, oh gosh, I just had a brain. Rode. Rode. Uh, the Rode Wireless Go 2. And they just came out with the new model too. The Rode Wireless Go ME, I think. Okay. Uh, those two are your top tier ones and both of them have pristine audio they've got onboard recording so like with the dji well, actually with both of them you literally can um turn it on clip it to someone and it's automatically going to start recording right off the bat so you've got a local recording on there plus you can still stream it to your phone or your camera or whatever you're using so you've got that extra level of backup uh but with those you're spending a little bit more i think the, the road starts the me starts at 150 don't quote me on that um and goes up to like 250. Uh, for the, the DJI and the higher end roads. So it really depends like what's your price range? What are the tools you're really looking for in a mic? And then you go from there. But sound wise, all five of them sounded great. And what about AirPods? If someone's just recording a selfie style video, do AirPods work? Do you, would you suggest getting something else? I've had hit and miss um, things with AirPods. Uh, I actually remember recently I was trying to record a video uh, for social media and I used an AirPod. And it was literally a shot. I had the phone right here. It was just a shot of me walking down the street talking. And the audio was, I was using my AirPod and made sure it was routing to that. And I was really disappointed with how the audio sounded. Hmm. And then I actually switched to, I'm like, what's this sound like with the internal mic? And the internal mic on my phone sounded better. And the only reason that worked is because the phone was near like two feet from my face. And so yeah. there wasn't a lot, like it, it was about as close as a mic would be if I was wearing a mic. And so... If you're going to be recording a video like that, honestly, the, unless you're in a really noisy environment, the onboard mic on the phones, at least when it comes to like iPhones, and I've, I have seen quite a few Android phones that are the same way, they're phenomenal because they're the onboard processing they've got and the way that they're just optimized for that type of audio. Like you can get great audio without anything else. It's just as soon as you start to get the distance, like my camera right now is probably four feet from me. And if I was using the onboard mic on here, it would sound terrible. For this, I'm actually using a shotgun mic. The only reason I've got an AirPod in is to hear you without getting feedback. But yeah, uh, but you always want to get your audio source as close to you as possible. But if you're literally just holding it for like a selfie video, you've got your audio pretty close to you already. Nice. Yeah, it's funny because I remember when I was just, I haven't been a video nerd as long as you have been. I came late to the game, but I was obsessed over gear. And then really about, I think it's about three or four years ago. I saw multiple TV shows where the only there's half the content in the TV show. Everybody from you know Chip and Joanna Gaines to stuff on uh, Motor Trend. People were shooting half the stuff with their cell phone, and it's making half the TV show. I was like, oh, maybe I'm overcomplicating this. It's just more about telling the story than having all your gear perfect. What's a good starting point? Do you have any kind of creative resources that you go to? Maybe someone's struggling to figure out where to create content or ideas. Do you have any kind of either you go sit in the mountains alone to create? stuff or do you have an online resource that kind of inspires you with content to create depends on what i'm trying to create like when i'm trying to create something for the church it's more that i'm going to go find i live in charleston so i'd have to go really far to get the mountains but i might go to the beach or i might just go 
sometimes sit on my truck bed just outside enjoying the weather and just getting away from things to really come up with the concept. Uh, but when it comes to something more on a technical basis, like if I'm doing something for smartphone storytellers, a lot of times it's, I'm just going to browse the web to try and figure out like, what are some of the problems people are facing? What are some of the things that, because uh, smartphone storytellers, I'm an organization that tries to help people. So I have to seek out what are the pain points people need to overcome? What are the pieces of knowledge that they're trying to find out? What are people searching for? What are they trying to, what problems are they trying to solve? And how can I help them by giving them the skills they need to be like, oh, oh that's how I overcome this. So they can go tell their stories. So in that case, I'm just going to jump online and interact with people, search, seeing what types of things people are searching for on Google. Take a look at what else is on YouTube that uh, look at other people's videos where it's like, oh, you know what? That's a really good video. I wish they had a little bit better audio or, oh man, that's a really like great content, but the lighting could be improved. Not like to call people out, but just to figure out like, how do I figure out like the resources I can create so that people can find that knowledge to figure out what they need to improve. Awesome. That's super helpful. I appreciate that. I think people are very intimidated by the idea of creating content. But it's also something essential. I work mostly in the business world, so it's something essential if you're going to drive traffic online is you got to have some kind of content that can be consumable on a pretty regular basis. Um, cool, Adam. Thank you so much for those tips. Any last nuggets you want to drop or words of wisdom? <laughs> I think the biggest piece of encouragement I can have is just, it, it, it sounds easy, but just start um, when it comes to creating content. I, for the longest time, like I've sat on the idea of smartphone storytellers for a very long time to where I'm like, oh, I want to make sure everything's perfect. I want to, and I thought starting not perfect is better than just waiting for that perfect moment because the perfect moment's never going to come. Yeah. And so I'd rather create some content, make some mistakes. Maybe I make content that I'm like, oh, I wish I had told that story a little bit differently and optimize that information a little bit more. Well, you know what? I can always make another video. Like it's, the internet is a vast and wide place with so many things flying around that I make a bad video this week, you know what? Next week, people will forget about it and I can work on, all right, maybe I try to hit the mark again next week. And yeah. so just jumping in there and making the content, like you're not going to go wrong. If it's that terrible, just put it on your own shelf. Don't show it to anyone and then fi figure out like, what can you learn from it and make another one? Yeah, I've been in video production for years, but I was like, this year I'm, like, I'm going to make content. So I worked on my little studio space and tried to get upgraded the microphones. And I've shot some videos like four or five times. And now I'm just like this week, I'm like forcing myself to hand that stuff over to the editor and just be done with it because I'm overthinking it. And it's really preventing me from doing other things and getting the market traction I'm looking for in sales. Thank you. That's a very good word. And I will put that to my own use in my life. And we are our own worst critics. Yeah. Um, the first video I put out, I looked at it. I was like, it's, it's fine. It's, but the feedback I've gotten from it, from so many people, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I've been hoping for. It's perfect. And, and you yeah, realize like, great. okay. I was being harder on myself than I needed. It's meeting people's needs, and that's really all to what's important. Yeah. Awesome. All right, quick last thing is tell people how to get a hold of you, how to find smartphone storytellers, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. It's smartphone storytellers on YouTube. If you search for smartphone storytellers, that should be the top listing. And then smartphonestorytellers.com is not officially launched yet. It's a landing page right now, but hoping to start to consolidate content there in the near future. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate your time and appreciate all the great tips. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed it. Marketing Pains is a Suited Studios production and can watch and listen on all major podcast outlets. Staves off the pain. Use only as directed. Get your prescription at looksuited.com.